stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Pretty harrowing uh, story today from Global News. Stuart Bell uh, had the scoop. For 13 years, Brad Galloway was a fixture in the Canadian racist scene, initially with the Toronto skinhead movement and later in British Columbia as national leader of Volksfront. But then he walked away. And I think about this a lot. We see these groups, uh, and unfortunately, maybe it seems as though they're feeling emboldened these days uh, in their recent marches in places like uh, Charlottesville in the U.S. What motivates these groups? What motivates someone to, to fall into that mindset, that kind of hateful ideology and how much of a threat do these groups pose and i guess maybe the bigger question too i mean how do we pull people out of this to help people you know see the light as it were so i I think our next guest has a lot of really important uh, points to share with us on that front so uh we mentioned his name it is uh, brad galloway and he joins us on the line here this afternoon brad thank you for joining us Mm-hmm. Yep. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, you are uh, currently you're attending uh, University of Fraser Valley, NBC, correct? Studying criminology. That's correct. Yes. Uh, so, how long have you been um, out of this lifestyle, as it were? Uh, it's probably seven or seven, eight years, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah it just. Uh, I, I think um, as uh, you're leading into just with the uh, those. Uh, things that people sort of you can grow out of it or you can grow into it um and there's no certain ways that people are getting you know sort of into these things and there's no certain ways that they uh specifically get out however um there's a lot of similarities to the transitions in as there are to the transitions out if that makes sense right well i mean it's a form of radicalization and we we see and we have this conversation about uh different forms of radicalization maybe it's islamic Mm -hmm. radicalization or even kids who who join gangs things like Mm -hmm. this so do do you see parallels there in, in kind of what you went through yeah i mean i think i think um today in in uh in in today's world uh the online dynamic plays plays a certain role in in, um, in folks getting, you know, involved in things because they can find out the initial um, things that may may attract them to there, whether it's uh, music through YouTube and, you know, into the far right or whether it's, you know, different web forms uh, that are attracting them. Um, I mean, that's similar, you know, in the Slavic Jihadist movements, like they're, they have their forms and their different types of websites or their social media that they're using to promote theirs. And that happens in the far right as well. I mean, it's, I would call those similarities uh, how people are getting involved and and I think I think both of those movements as well are are definitely targeting um, younger populations to get involved and so what's the recruitment like and and what was it like for you as you sort of got pulled into all of this well um, it, you know it, a lot of times it's a sense of belonging I mean I think we're all looking uh, for uh, in life to belong to something right so yeah. it's it's a tough thing to if if um, somebody's feeling like empty and they don't have somewhere to be uh or something to be a part of whether it's uh you know the positive things like sports or or school or things like that um they they can end up in in some of these negative um things because they're they're accepted right um and and that's sort of the beginning of the of that transition into these types of movements and then it can move from there to you know becoming more uh, open to learning about these these different uh, traditions of these uh, certain groups, right? Yeah, and and you know, and you feel like you belong, and you feel like you matter, and and you have these these people around you, right, mm-hmm. to, who support you. But I mean, obviously, I mean, it's centered around 
around hating others. Yeah, and and de- dehumanization is a huge part, right? So yeah. no matter what the, the extremist movement is, is saying that their underlying cause is, it's going to be about dehumanizing others in, at, at some point in time. Um, and, uh, you know, specifically in the far right, I mean, that's whatever the, the, the common theme is at that time. It's, it's very easy for them to latch on to that, whether it's Islamophobia or homophobia or whatever the, that, that uh, prominent, you know, uh, device is that they can use to, to get people involved, right, um, socially with that type of movement. And then, uh, you know, they can draw out the ones that are, that are, you know, more serious about believing in this stuff and, and bring them into the actual groups. So it's it, how long its period was this for you? Would you say that you would have considered yourself to be uh, a white supremacist or a neo-Nazi? Well, I mean, for me, I think it was more um, about. I mean, for the first period, it was it was the attraction to that sort of like uh, the white supremacist skinhead or white power skinhead movement, and then it sort of moved into like white separatism, like you know, possibly you know. Uh, creating our own society or, or whatever. So it was kind of split into, you know, there's no certain ideology. There's many ideologies that yeah. sort of go along with that movement. So um, wherever you sort of fall into place, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's all surrounded by the nucleus about about um, white homeland, white country, white supremacy, whatever. But it's at, at the, you know, different times, you sort of latch on to different parts of that, um, you know, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I mean, like Volksfront, the group Volksfront is very much about um, like a, a white, a white homeland. Right. Yeah. It wasn't so much about uh, going into the society and trying to change what's there. It was trying to create something um, aside from the society. Right. And we, we seem to be hearing more of this these days and the notion of white nationalism uh, as somehow mm-hmm. different from white supremacism. And, and maybe it's, it's splitting hairs. But what, what do you make of this this movement of people who call themselves white nationalists? I don't think. I mean, as 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 we know, we live in Canada I don't, I, or United States. I don't, you know, or even Europe. Like to be a white nationalist. I mean, um, you know, the, that's not really the values that our countries were founded upon, right? I mean, we were we were founded upon much different things than than that. And I don't think it's a, uh, possible to be a, a nationalist if you're if you're also a Canadian, uh, to be a white nationalist at the same time. You can be a Canadian nationalist, you're proud of being Canadian, but you can, you know, I don't think um, that racial label is is appropriate. And I think really what it is, is just, it's just all related, like I said, that nucleus back to white supremacy, right? So I think that's just another false label, just like alt-right, that's not, I don't think that's a fair phrase. I think that that's just another um, sort of uh, organized wing of the of this uh, the far right movement or the white supremacist movement. Does it seem like this movement's growing? Are they getting more savvy in terms of being able to to garner attention? What's your sense of what's been happening over the last year or two? Well, I think the internet, like I was saying before, is has played a, a certain role in that, as well as the um, um, you know what's been happening down in the United States. That's that's um, definitely been emboldening the the message of it because mm-hmm. uh, the more it's uh, accepted or normalized, the, the, the more it, you know, it, it plays a role in in, uh, in society and, and has definitely come into to Canada, for sure. So so back to you and your own experience. And, and as you started to move away from this mindset, it doesn't sound like it was, uh, you know, a single kind of aha moment, but it was it was a progression of, of different things, right? 
Yeah, I, I, I call it. I, it's, it's definitely. A, it was a process, just as it was a process to get, you know, uh, super involved into it. it. The same sort of process on the on the outset, trying to get away from it is, you know, you start realizing things, you start seeing contradictions within the the ideologies, you start seeing, um, you know, the different things that just don't don't make sense, and then choices in life. So you're trying to think about where this is going to get you to. And then um, uh, having a family, things like that, uh, that was definitely sort of a, a moment where I was like, well, I can't, I can't teach my children about, about this type of, um, you know, mindset or this type of uh, racism. So that, that's obviously something that I've got to work on. So introspection. And then from there, it was, you know, you can't have your children around that either. So you want to, you know, distance yourself from it as much as you can. Um, and then, uh, you know, at the end, it's just uh, reattaching to positive things in society, whether it be sports or, or university or, um, you know, some sort of uh, you know, pro-social activities rather than the, the, neg- the negativity. And, and I think the negativity is the, is the overlying factor of all of it, is the negativity and all that becomes very exhausting. Wait, so it was having children a big moment then, though, for you in, well, in that, that sense? That, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think part of it is, from what I understand, what I, what I heard in the story today, is that, you know, having encounters with people that you've sort of been taught to hate or that taught are your enemies and realizing that they're good and decent people, um, you know, does, does that become harder to reconcile? And was, was that part of it for you? Uh, yeah, I think that was, too, along the way. You, you just start thinking about, well, you know, and, and this is, I suggest this to people that are, you know, currently involved, like how, just just think back to uh, compassion or think back to positive experiences you've had from, you know, with people that are maybe not from your same culture, from your same community, and, and think about, you know, those positive experiences and, and see what that does for you, right? Um, and, and I know for me it was, that was um, a very, uh, you know, good thing for me to help me along to, to get away from um, those types of groups. Right. And in terms then of, of being willing to speak about this publicly, and I would imagine there must be some, some angst in doing so, because, you know, if there's, if there's regrets, if you, you know, I mean, to, to go through all of that again and relive all of that again, and I almost have to admit to, to this, but at the same time, being able to share your story, it, it, it does have a lot of value, I think. I think it's important to, for, for people to know that that change is possible, and, I, and it doesn't really matter you know, what negative thing you're part of, like you were saying at the beginning, it's like whether it's gangs or extremism or even, you know, you're getting into just a a life of crime or whatever, like that, that change is there, right? Like that you can, you can do it. Like people can do it. It's just, it's just a matter of, you know, which tools uh, do you need to do that? And, and, and I think, you know, as we go along here, hopefully more programs will come about uh, where, you know, that can offer help to people that are wishing to leave uh, certain types of lifestyles. And, um, you know, that, I mean, I think that's the, that's the goal. I mean, there's, there's programs in the United States, like um, Life After Hate is one of the programs, um, and Against Violent Extremism, there was another network of, of people that try and work with folks that have either experienced, you know, um, um, violent extremism at some point or were part of it in, on whatever level as well, right? So yeah. there's, you know, there's things there, and I think when if people know that they have somewhere to go to. Um, and I know that probably would have helped me earlier on if those kind of programs might have been there too, right? Yeah, that's an important point. Now, are, are there others that, that that you're aware of or people you knew back then that, that have also left? Do you have any contact with anybody that, that you, you did back in those days? 
Uh, you know, not, not too much. Um, it's, it's, um, um, you know, th- there's a few different ways you, you can get out. So a lot of people that have left sort of fade away in, yeah. into the, into the distance. They just don't want to hear about it again, which she, you know, you can completely understand that, right? Um, and, and then there's the folks that, you know, want to talk about it and it's, it, it's challenging to talk about it, but I think it's worthwhile to, to, to help others and also that, you know, help, help society too, right? Yeah, well, it is quite a story, and Brad, appreciate you sharing it with us here today. Uh, mm-hmm. More details at uh, globalnews.ca on, on Brad's story. Brad Galloway, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really yeah. appreciate this. No problem. All the best Thanks to you, sir. Yep. All right, there you go. Brad Galloway, former skinhead and uh, neo-Nazi, now studying criminology and, you know, turning his life around, but also trying to uh, share his story in the hopes that it can make a difference with someone else to get people out of that, that life of extremism, to try to understand how young people get lured into it and what it takes to to pull people away from that. 974-8255 is our number here, 974-TALK. Don't forget Premier Rachel Notley joining Angela Cocott in studio coming up after the 3 o'clock news. Uh, We've got a few other stories to get to here in our time remaining. Time for your calls and your texts as well. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.